Welcome to the Community United podcast produced by Sherburne County Area United Way. I am your host and executive director, Kat Sarf. Each week we chat with local nonprofit leaders and community members that are creating an impact locally and let you know how you can too. So let's get started. Hello, neighbors. Welcome to the Community United podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sarf, and I am very excited to have a wonderful guest on today. Her name is Sarah Fritsch, and she is um, she is with the Big Lake ECFE program. I guess I don't even know your title, Sarah. What is your title? I am the early childhood coordinator for Big Lake Schools. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on. You're always so much fun to just chat with. We, we've we had coffee before and chatted for like hours. So I'm very excited for you to be here and everyone else listening to get to hear all the um, fun things that you're up to. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Kat. I'm so excited to be here too. I love partnering with the United Way. So yeah, anything for you, pal. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> I love it. And for everyone listening, um, I just want to say that anytime um, anyone doesn't know Sarah, I'm like, uh, she is full of energy. And just like you think of anything, she's like, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Why can't we? So this, you're just, I just love it because you're like, um, there's no stopping us. Why can't we? Why can't we just try? I love it. <laughs> yeah, you don't know until you try. That's right? right. That's what we do. That's right. Mm-hmm, so yeah. we do. So, Sarah, let's talk first about you before we get into ECFE. So, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, are you mm-hmm. from the area? And then, like, um, mm-hmm. a little bit about like your professional background. So, where you come from? So, mm-hmm. yeah. so, yeah. So, I'm Sarah Fritch. I am currently the early childhood coordinator in Big Lake Schools for the school district here. So that means I coordinate um, the preschool program, school readiness. So that's little learners. Um, we have classes threes threes and halves and fours, and then fours and fives. And we have outdoor and, um, and indoor classes. So we have nature classrooms here, which is super cool. And then coordinating the ECFE, which is early child family ed. And I'm also the parent ed um, for um, a lot of those classes too. And then we do screening, early childhood screening. So on top of all that stuff, the reason, I don't know, the reason why... I got into that. No, I am not from, I'm not from this area. I'm from um, up north. I'm from Bemidji, Minnesota. So whoop, whoop, <laughs> go lumberjacks. So any who sits, um, I have had a passion for families for my entire life. I came from one of those, like, you know, like, a lot of us did. We needed a lot. We need a village. I truly, truly believe that we need a village um, to raise our littles. And I just wanted to make sure I was part of that village for as many people as I possibly could. And that's when I um, decided I wanted to get into um, parent education. Um, I originally really wanted to to work with teen parents had a very big passion for teen parents and that led me to ECFE which is early child family education so I've been a home visitor I've worked for lots of school districts Anoka Hennepin and Osseo and Becker and Zimmerman and I'm in Big Lake now whoop whoop so I have um three kiddos my oldest is 23. My uh, middle one is to her senior year of high school. It's crazy. Oh so yeah, I just, just want to be here to support all of our families. And Big Lake is an amazing community. And um, the city and the school district really, really values their families. So I feel very lucky to be here. That's awesome. So so just reiterate, what is the general overall? So for the people that don't know, the general overall mission or what does ECFE do? So ECFE, which I kind of wish we weren't an acronym, right? ECSE, ECSE is Early Child Special Ed Programming, and that is for kiddos that need extra help when in birth to five. So they have, they're on an IEP, they get services at school or at home. And then ECFE is Early Child 
family education. And so early child family education is classes for any child birth to eight um, and their families. So they can, we have those classes like at the school, we have um, special events, we have home visiting, we do um, free childcare, like daycare visits. So we go into um, daycares, into in-home daycares and do um, group times with them and help and support their the daycare providers. So early child family ed services is really just a support system for um, families birth to eight in our, in our community. Support system. You just cut out for a second there. That's very awesome. So I know that there's a lot of different um, programs within the ECFE program that you do. Can you tell us a little bit, some of those things? I I have a list in front of me. I know that you said that um, you filled out the pre-interview. So if you need some, some help with recall, I'm here for you. So. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah. So with ECFE, so with early child family education, we have um, classes, general classes here at the, at the school. So we do um, baby classes, which are free classes for zero to one year olds. So, and their families, and that meets on Fridays. And it's a great way to just like meet other parents and talk through all of those things that nobody else wants to listen to, but you know, you, you think you're alone. And I think that's a big, huge part of parenting is that you feel like, oh my gosh, I have the only baby that stays up all night, or I have the only toddler that will only eat you know, goldfish crackers and chicken nuggets, or, you know, I have the only four year old that like says, I hate you, mom. And we come to class together and you'll have a parent that feels uncomfortable, but safe. And we'll say, okay, this happened last night. And then you'll have five other parents that go, that happened to me too. And that just that feeling of community and that you're not alone is so important. So we start with our baby class, which is always free. We start with our babies and then we have a uh, zero to three classes. So those classes are not separating, which means parents stay with the child the entire time, but we have a circle time. We have activities all over the room, fun, messy things that you don't want to do at your house so that they can stay at school um, and then, and then we have a parent discussion time in the same classroom. So your kiddos can play around us and the parent educator facilitates that parent group. And we talk about those common problems like sleep and toilet training and eating and dealing with grandparents. I mean, we love grandparents. We also have a grandparents class, you guys on Saturday. So grandparents, we love you come on Saturdays, hang out with us. Um, and then you get into our, our toddler classes and, and then we have preschool age classes where you come to. So those are really for the preschool classes are really for the kiddos that we have a lot of families that are like, my child's ready for preschool. But in order to be in preschool, you have to, for, at the school district anyway, you have to be three by September 1. So our ECFE preschool PALS class is for two and a half year olds, right? Mm -hmm. So that class, you can have, you can have those kiddos that feel like I want to go to school. They watch their older siblings come to school and it's their class. So it's kind of our way to fit in, fit in everyone. Um, this last year we started book studies too, which we did. Um, we did a book by Dr. Becky Bailey, um, conscious discipline called managing emotional mayhem. So it was a book study where anybody with kiddos birth to eight in our school could be part of the book study. We met we only met two times in person and then the rest was on seesaw. So the rest was like online discussion. So I would love to do more of that with our ECFE program too. Um, and then we do, yep. So we have classes here. We do home visiting that is free also for families that just want extra support, like either it's scheduling or we don't, you know, we, we don't have time to come to the school for a class, but we need that support. And then one of our parent educators will come out to your house and just sit down with you and chat with you and be like, you know, what are some of your concerns? 
Is it um, scheduling, right? I just, you know, our mornings are crazy or our evenings are crazy or my kid keeps throwing things at my head. You know, like any of those things, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that we haven't heard. I mean, I've been teaching, I've been teaching parent education classes now for 20, 26 years. Wow. So yeah. There's not a lot that can shock me, friends. There's not a lot. So yeah, if you ever if you ever need that type of support, we have that for you. Then we do in the summer, my favorite thing, we do ECFE in the park. And so every other Wednesday, we actually have our last one coming up. Um, every other Wednesday, we meet at a different um, park in the city of Big Lake. And we have all kinds of um, fun games and activities for kids. Um, different agencies come. The hospital, Center Care comes. Um, the library comes out, help me grow comes out, the ambulance, the police department. Um, we have all these agencies that come on out and have fun activities for kids, um, and information about how they support our community. So yeah, we have lots of fun in ECFE and we're going to have more fun now. So I'm like super, super excited about, um, we just got, we just received a grant from the United Way, mm -hmm. um, for a, trailer so it will be a mobile classroom for us um so um that's for all community ed so i'm not i promise i will share it won't just be for early childhood but um in the early childhood realm how we're going to use it is we're going to be able to do mobile classes so my vision is that then we could go to the apartments in town and the townhouses in town and have classes right out of our trailer we can also do our early childhood screening out there. So if anybody's listening or you have, you know, any little kiddo that is three to five years old, um, they need to go through early childhood screening. I was just with my sister this weekend and I was like, um, has Elise went through screening? I have a three-year-old niece and she's like, no. And I'm like, yes. So every three-year-old friends in the state of Minnesota, goes through early childhood screening and people think it's for preschool. It's not for preschool. It's for kindergarten. Why do you do something um, for kindergarten when your kid's three? Because if we find through that screening that your kiddo needs some extra special help, that means we have two years, two years to work with your, your kid. Um, this is why we do screening so that if your child at three years old, we need to see that they need some intervention. They can have two years of intervention services prior to them going into kindergarten, which gives them such a head start. Oh my God. So seriously. It's so good. Okay. So I, I, I don't know where I was apparently just slept under a rock. I don't know, but I had no idea that kids were supposed to be screened like before they went to kindergarten. I mean, I know like just right before they went to kindergarten. So my kiddo yes. was like, I think he was already five and going into kindergarten, like within a couple months, we found out that he had so much fluid in his ears that he needed tubes. He couldn't hear. And then he had astigmatism, so he couldn't really see that well. And all of this was figured out in the screening. And I was like, oh my God, if I would have known. And I, like I said, it was, I mean, obviously my own thing that I didn't realize, but if I would have got him screened that much earlier, then he would have been that much more prepared for kindergarten. Cause I'm like the poor kid couldn't see or hear, <laughs> but yes, this, I mean, this all got caught with the, with the screening through the school. So absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm such an advocate for, for the screening. I think you can catch so much and it's incredible. That happens. That happens to us all the time. Literally, it happens to us all the time because I think one of the things is, is that your, your, our kids only know what they know. So there's this, there's this adult brain that's like, well, if they couldn't see, they would tell us they couldn't see. They've only had, they've had the same eyes since they were born. Right. They can't tell you something they don't know. Or if they can't hear because they have too much fluid in their ear, they, that's all they know. You only know what you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, screening is really, it is a really important thing, but if we can do it exactly, cause that's what people do. They do it at five. Mm -hmm. And if they do it at five, we don't have that. We don't have that two year window of early intervention. Right. Yeah. yeah it's important. So with our trailer, anyway, yeah. back to the trailer, trailer. Yes. with the, 
trailer, then we could be doing mobile screenings, right? Mobile screenings, mm-hmm. So that way, like you said, Kat, like I had no idea. Well, of course, sound in our awesome trailer, you know, get at three and then, yeah, then you could just come on over and get screening done. Those are like, that's my vision for sure is that we start, we start using that as a, as a mobile classroom and mobile, mobile screening. So then we just meet families where they're at during our screens. We also have, just like you said, so they just, so through screening, you do a vision test and a hearing test. Um, and then we also do a, a cognitive. So we look at fine motor, gross motor, um, literacy skills, language skills, um, cognitive skills. We look at all of that too during, during screening. And it's just quick. It's quick, fun games with your kiddo. It's nothing scary. Um, parents try to tell me that they like, I need to know what you're going to talk to them about so I can test them ahead of time. No, nope. That kind of, that kind of defeats the purpose mm-hmm. of us, of us doing Yeah. But then what happens though, is if we do, if we realize at three that they need intervention, you can get free, free services through the school district. And I think that's another thing that people don't always know about (gasps) is that like, if your child is, um, if your child qualifies through early childhood screening, um, we find out like, oh, there might be some speech concerns. Then the early childhood, that ECSE part, early child special ed services will come out and do further testing. If your child qualifies for services, you can get speech services through the school. You can get developmental services through the school district. And that's, and that's birth to five friend. That's not just three to five, that's zero, zero to five. So anytime families have at all a wondering, a concern at all, I always say, go, go through early child special ed services to figure out. Cause what's the worst case scenario, worst case scenario, they say, Oh, your child's right on target. Right. Worst case scenario. <laughs> right. Worst yeah. case scenario. They're right. And all you did was ask a question. I always get that from parents. Like I just, I don't know. Or they get the thing where they're like, I went to their, their, um, whatever their two-year-old checkup. Mm-hmm. And I have these concerns, but they said, it's okay. You know, we'll just wait and see. But if you are a parent and you have that feeling, if you have that feeling to me, follow that gut feeling, what is the worst case scenario with you looking for some services is that they will tell you, nope, you're right on track. Oh my God. I, I no. couldn't agree more. Cause it's, like, seriously with my son, he was really blinky all the time. And they're like, some kids just do that and they'll grow out of it. And then he would do like the little, like the eyesight test and he'd get really silly. So they're like, Oh, he's just a boy being silly. Well, guess what? He couldn't see uh- and that, cause at the pediatrician, they were, you know, they were so used to like, oh, well, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And no, it wasn't fine. And I tried to put his glasses on. I'm like, oh my God, kid, like you literally can't see anything. Can you? Cause they're so thick and distorted. I'm like, oh my God. So absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more that. I mean, if there's any concern whatsoever, like get it checked out. Like you said, like, like what's the worst case scenario? you're fine. You're, you're right on target. I, <laughs> and there's no embarrassment either. I mean, there's, I mean, because moms and dads, like you're all new to this. We're all new to this parenting thing in this realm and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think that that's one of the things too, that I think is a big myth. Almost like when I'm teaching parent education classes is the whole thing where, um, you, you know, if you have one or two or three kids, well, then, you know, you know, how it is. you can have 10 kids and they're not, they're all different. Every child is so different. There is no, I mean, yeah, I've been teaching, I've been teaching for so long. I there's, that's why I love my job so much is it's, there's never one, one right answer or one, one way fits all children, or it's just trying to, you know, that's why we're all together. So we can help problem solve and figuring it out for, you know, that individual family, that individual child. Cause like you said, there might be a kiddo that just acts silly, right? 
But then a lot of times what we find is that those kiddos are the ones that are overcompensating Mm -hmm. for if you have a really, if you have that kid, you know, those kids know they're like, wait a minute, they want me to do this in this certain way, but I'm not capable. So either they shut down or they act silly Mm -hmm. or they just guess. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Screenings are really yes really important really important and we and we just say like our coming to screening just say we're going to play games parents get their kids all riled up like you know you're gonna you're gonna take a test and you have to be good and you have to sit down and and when you're done I'll get you a treat like just no just just like hey we're gonna go we're gonna go to the school and a teacher wants to play games with you and then they're like oh okay that's fine because we have, we as parents are so apprehensive. That's us that causes the, you yes. know, because they feed off of our anxiety. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things where I'm like, I'm like, I feel, okay. So full disclosure, we had to put our dog down after 17 years and my kiddos are six and three. And they're like, oh, okay. I mean, my husband are like, you're not sad. And they're like, well, no, we have another dog. It's oh. fine. And I'm like, okay, nope, shut it down because this is your emotions, not theirs. Don't put your emotions on them. And they're like, it's fine. She was old. And I'm like, that's right. No, because it's like, it is, it's parents putting that emotions on their kids. And yeah. I know I do it myself. And I'm like, okay, just stop. Like my son's like, are, are we, are we still sad? And I'm like, you know, you don't have to be sad. <laughs> So, okay. So this is interesting because we talk a lot about this in ECFE classes, right? So when we talk about, and those are hard, we, you know, we have those hard topics. We have those hard topics like death. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing to me about death and little people is that as parents, we, we try to shelter them from Mm -hmm. it. We try to make it like less, you know, like Sometimes um, families make the mistake of like, oh, they went to sleep or, oh, you know, those types of things. And no, like being matter of fact about it, like, you know, you guys like, yep, he, yep, he died. He's not alive anymore. We won't have him anymore. And then parents really try. They're like, these are the things that, you know, we talked about in class. This is what we're doing. And then the shock factor of a three and a six year old just going, oh yeah, they were old. (laughs) They died. And then you are like, oh my gosh, my child is heartless. Like (laughs) they don't care. And the thing is, is with that age group is that they do not understand the permanence of death. They don't understand. They just don't have it in their brains yet. So they don't, because they haven't been alive long enough to know about permanence. And so when they, when you say that, they're just like, oh yeah, she was, you know, he was old. She was old. They just died and you're like bawling in the corner, (laughs) ball in the corner, be super sad. The thing that I find that freaks out parents the most though, is like, give it another six months or a year or who knows when, and your one of your kids will start crying about your dog Mm. and you will go, what is happening? So then parents get nervous and scared and they say, you know, they're like, have they been like dwelling on that death for six months or a year? And it's not that they're dwelling. They just started processing that permanence part. So now they're just realizing like, oh my gosh, she's not coming back. So it takes, it takes them time. It takes some time. And because they don't, they don't realize they don't have that. Right. And so then parents get all worried and they're like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my child. They've been thinking about the dog's death for this long. No, they haven't. It's just now that they're able to process more. Right. It's more, or they're, you know, they are getting older and they have that ability to process time more. That's good to know. Cause (laughs) it's very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. it happens a lot like with grandparents and stuff too right like they they pass away and and parents you know are like my child didn't even cry and they feel like they have this heartless kid and they don't they just don't understand when you say gone and not coming back they're like okay whatever and then it'll be another six months and they'll be like well when is you know whatever when is your dog coming back our dog and you'll be no remember she died and then, and then that's when it starts clicking, right? They'll start like, huh, that means never coming back. 
It's very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, I never thought about them that it, that it coming stay, back. Stay away from sleep. Yeah, stay away from like saying like, oh, she just went to sleep or she got sick and then now she's sleeping. I mean, yeah. stay away from the weird, like be very matter of fact, because then, because when people do stuff like that, kiddos then start, cause we're, they're so literal. They're such concrete thinkers. Then they start getting nervous and worried about going to sleep oh. or if, or if grandma went to the hospital and never came back, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like those types of things. Cause, cause if you shut it down where you're like, they knew grandma went to the hospital and then no one really talked to them about what happened after that. They get nervous about like, Oh my gosh, it means if you go to the hospital, it means you're not coming back. So it's, you have just more, the more concrete, the better. I always, I always talk to parents about the difficult conversations that you have with kids. They ask a question and you answer it. And then you wait for the next question. That's how you know where they developmentally in processing because sometimes you'll read books or whatever listen to podcasts whatever yeah. you do and they'll be like at age six and a half your child understands this blah 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 and that's really nice. we all are at different stages right and so to find out where your child is with it you start with their question answer it simply but factually and then move on from there and then you can figure out kind of where they're at because if you say yep uh, you know, our dog died. And then they say, well, what, what does died mean? And then you say, yep, yeah, they're, uh, you know, they aren't alive anymore. They're not here anymore, you mm -hmm. know? So their heart stopped beating, their body stopped working. And then they'll ask you like, well, how does that happen? And then you just keep going until they tell they're satisfied. And they usually just walk away from you. <laughs> they're like, yeah, that was good. It is too. And then it'll <laughs> be like, what's on TV? And you're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. So let's, let's move on. So what is your, um, the nature classes? I want to hear about the nature classes. Cause I, I love that, that you're doing so many things that are amazing and then putting a, a fun spin on them because like, like the, the, um, the mobile classroom, that's amazing. Cause you're meeting people where they're at because transportation is horrible. If you, if you don't already have transportation, I think that's amazing. But I also know that you're doing things with nature classrooms. So tell me about that. Yeah. So our, um, our, so I keep trying to find the positive, right? That's like our job. Yeah. Keep trying to find the positive. So during the pandemic is when our, our nature classes came to be. So um, we were looking for more space. Obviously, we had to be farther apart. Obviously, classes, you know what I mean? We had to break up classes. All of these things were happening. And we had already, we, we already here in um, Big Lake for school readiness are very play-based focused, very nature focused. We have an awesome, awesome um, part of our campus is, is all woods. It's acres of woods behind us. Um, it's the cross country trails back there too, but it's an amazing space. And so, yeah, we decided that we were going to start our own outdoor classrooms and, um, it just took off. It just took off. We learned, we learned that a lot of those friends that have a really hard time sitting and focusing, um, have such such success in an outdoor classroom. And so, yeah, they do their group time out there. They do art activities out there. Um, they just have space. So they have space to, um, to space to move their bodies, but also to investigate the world around them, which is, which has been great. Our teachers are trained in the project learning tree, um, DNR curriculum. Oh. So they, they, that's an addition to what, what we already are doing um, in class. So that's one of the things too, people, when they hear about our outdoor classes, they, they're like, the kids stay outside the entire time. They don't have a class inside. I'm like, no, we have classrooms inside. Friends come inside. <laughs> they also have access to a nature classroom outside. It's like two classrooms. It's amazing. And we have, you know, they have like, they have their stick forts that they've built, but they also have playhouses out there and their mud kitchens out there. And um, 
they have trees that they can climb on. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's fun. So it's an addition, not taking away. And to me, it's really interesting because we live in Minnesota, right? Mm -hmm. And then parents are like, my child doesn't like it outside in the winter. It's too cold. And this has just been my experience because um, this is now, well, yeah, we started it in 2020. So um, my experience has been like, um, I think it's parents that don't <laughs> like the cold. Um, we really go with the, yeah. with the theory that there is no bad weather. There is no bad weather. So if you are dressed appropriately, you can be outside. So yeah, our kids have a great time. We also have, um, we also got donated and I, I have to work on that for our other classroom too. We got donated a clam, um, pop-up ice oh. house. And so our kiddos, um, they do, if it's like too windy and stuff, they'll do their group time in the ice house. And then people ask, do you have heat out there? And I say, um, put 18 little friends in a pop-up <laughs> ice house and you do not need heat people. No heat required, no heat required. <laughs> No. So it is awesome. It's been a great addition. And we started out with one outdoor class and now, um, well, one teacher doing outdoor classes. So we had two outdoor classes going on and now we have six. Wow. We have six outdoor classes. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. So we have two outdoor classrooms and then we have morning and afternoon classes that meet in them. So it's pretty great. That's incredible. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so I see on here on our pre-interview sheet here, you said that ECFE has family education classes, and then now you're offering a family literacy class this year. What's that all about? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing yeah. that up because that's new. Yeah. So that's new this year. So one of the things that we really wanted to work on um, is our families that are English language learners. Um, we wanted to make sure that the that all families feel comfortable coming to our classes. And so that class is really geared towards, I mean, anybody, anybody can come to that class. So that is a class for all of our families, like anyone can come. But we also wanted to make sure that it was a, a safe space for families that are working on English. So if they wanted to come and we just take things a little bit slower, right, in that respect. So when we're doing our group times or doing songs, we'll repeat those more so they can learn, take a little while, you know, take a little longer to to learn those songs or learn those books. Um, one of our um, one of our assistants in that class is a fluent Spanish speaker. So helping with our Spanish speaking families. But I do not want it to be like thought of as just a Spanish, um, a Spanish class. It's very much for any families that are working on that English language opportunity. And we actually have, um, we, we have ELL classes are housed right in our, right in our pod here at Liberty. So I think that's another thing too. It's a great link between those classes and, um, our families. So, yeah. So if you're already coming here for class at night, you already know the building, you know, the classroom and then come during the day, um, with your, with your littles, and then you can have fun doing projects and singing songs and reading stories in a, in a safe, welcoming environment. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more in a little bit about, um, imagination and library. I'm not sure if that'll be a, a second episode or part of this one, but something I want to talk to you about Sarah that you and I have talked about before that I think is absolutely incredible is, um, some of the efforts that you're making with childcare. So, um, I know that you're helping with classes to get certified for, um, home care, like just tell me all the gamut, because I think this is absolutely amazing. And I don't know how many other um, of the other school districts do this. And I know this is kind of something that you're passionate about. So tell us a little bit about that. So um, for yeah, it's been it's been over a decade that I've done trainings for child care aware um, in the state of Minnesota. I um, mean, that's a separate job from this job. But with that, um, I have, I don't, I have such a passion for childcare providers. I was, I mean, I grew up a single mom, right? She, my mom was a single mom working and your, your daycare, my child, my, my daycare lady, Joanne was my family, 
right? And that's one of the things that I've always carried with me is that value. Like we don't raise our kids by ourselves. And if you have quality childcare, it makes such a huge difference, not only to your kiddo, of course, because they're being loved and cared for by somebody while you're at work, but it also makes such a huge difference to the parents. Mm -hmm. Like you can leave and feel like, oh, somebody is taking care of my kiddo. I can actually do my job and not have my brain thinking and worrying about my child all day. So to me, they are such a value in our community. And if you know anything about Sherburne County, we have a child care, well, Minnesota does, but Sherburne County has a major, major child care shortage. Mm -hmm. So we, we um, need to bump, like pump up and love and support our child care providers as much as we can. So here, when I started in um, Big Lake, we started doing those um, in-home free daycare visits for child care providers. So any child care provider um, in, in Big Lake can sign up and have a parent educator come out once a month. And um, they, yep, they do a group time and activities with the kiddos and are there just for support too, right? They're just there to support that child care provider so they do not feel isolated and alone. Um, the other thing that we do is we do a free training event. It's usually in February a free training event, either half day or full day where they come in and we pamper them with like breakfast and lunch and we give them all kinds of fun goodies. And we do um, training that's certified training so they can, it's all develop approved. So then that can go on their training record to help them keep, keep up on their licenses. So yeah, it is, it's all good. That's another reason why you do the ECFE in the parks at different parks throughout Big Lake is because I really want those daycare providers to be able to stroll their friends or walk their friends to the park that we're at. Yeah, just kind of break up that day and give them something to do. But I mean, I feel like we could do so much more. There's so I just, yeah, if I could, yeah, I would, I would do anything for our child care providers. So yeah, that's, that's some of the things that we we do for them, but they do so much more for us. So I love how you, I think of the inclusivity and how to make it easier and how can we come to you and how do we just make things work as they are instead of trying to recreate the wheel. I love that. Yeah. Well, and like you said too, that's that, that tricky part. Transportation mm -hmm. is one of the biggest hurdles in, in all, all of this, right. In in working with families, just in general and anything that we can bring to them is, is going to be, is going to be helpful. Like meeting people where they're at. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that aren't really comfortable. Even they might've not had a great school, you know, experience mm -hmm. schools might not be something they, they have fond memories about. And so then asking them to come into the building is really hard for them. And so any way that we can do it, whether, yeah, those home visits or daycare visits, or now we have a whole mobile, <laughs> mobile trailer. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I mean, we're still shopping. We haven't got one right. yet. So we're shopping. We're shopping. That's awesome. What, mm -hmm. Is there anything that you wish that people knew about um, ECFE that, um, that normally people don't know about? I think the thing, the biggest thing to me would really be that it is for all families. Um, and it's not just about like, yes, our home visit program, our home visiting programs are school district, right? That's school district specific, but our classes are for anyone. Um, if you find that that appeals to you, you can come here. A lot of times they think it's for families that have, um, special needs, or it's just for families that um, like have been mandated by the court to come to a parenting class, or you, you're a horrible parent if you come to a parenting class. Oh my gosh, no, you are not. No, we are all working on being parents and having, and, and the, one of the other things on the opposite end of that spectrum is the families that their kid will come, come in or they're nervous to come to class because their child has behaviors. Yeah. And I'm like, you are welcome. Come in. Our favorite thing for the other parents is to watch another, somebody else's child have a tantrum. That's our favorite. <laughs> like if your child is melting down, laying on the floor, losing their mind, it just makes us all feel better because we're like, we're not alone. Right? Like 
that your kid does that too. It just, it makes you feel so much better than being, you know, at target in the whatever aisle and your kids laying on the ground and everybody walks by and stares at you. That doesn't happen here, right? right? That doesn't happen here. You have support. So I think that's one of the things that I want people to know is that it's for, it's for all families. It's for all families. So, and that's like, aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas. And people often say that to me too. They're like, well, my, you know, my, my mom takes care of the kids during the day. So we can't come to class. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Send mom, send grandma to class, you know, or send, we even have uncles, send anybody. We'll take you, we'll take, we'll take all of you all the time. And we have, we have, um, classes like special little classes, like during the weekend too, for people that aren't like into doing like a weekly class. So we have, um, so like in the winter we have like gingerbread adventures and, you know, fun little things like that. Or like I said, the grandparents class, we have one dad and me class that comes up. So we have a few of those little, little things too. Um, on Fridays we'll have a, uh, like you can just come in and play. It's like a play and learn, just kind just drop on in. So you register for a one-time class and just come and play in the room and check it out. So I think that is, that's the biggest thing I want people to know is that it's really, it's just, it's really for everyone. And when people get worried about like, they're going to think I'm a bad parent or my kid's a terror, so we can't come or any of those things. I'm always like, you are the one that we need here. You should be with us because there's nothing better to me. Like I'm, I am, I can never not do my job. Like teaching parents is such an amazing thing because you sit in rooms with, with a group of people that like genuinely support and care for each other. And it's, it's awesome. It's like the best, it's the best feeling ever. So I'm very, very lucky. So yes, all are welcome. Come and visit us. Very cool. (laughs) Come visit Sarah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and then the two people worry about like, you know, their finances, like we can't afford things and Mm -hmm. no, come and we'll figure that out. Right. That's one of the things we do. So and that's one of the things when we were talking about, like how to, how to help us for sure. I mean, that's one of the things we always, we're always looking for people that have that extra to donate to like our scholarship fund or, you know, like be part of our fundraisers and those types of things, because that, that money goes to, to serving those families that we know want to come and need to come, but can't, can't afford, can't afford to, to pay the fee. And we never turn anyone away. So, and that was exactly the next question I was going to ask you, how can people help you advance your mission and your organization? Yeah. Just keep telling this. To me, the, one of the biggest things is like making sure to get the word out there that there is, um, there is, we are so magical. Like Minnesota to me is, well, I'm biased, but like such an amazing state. So we are the only state in the United States of America that has a state funded um, parent education program, where you need to get a degree in parent education in order to teach these classes. Mm. Right? That's we're me like, the fact that we value our families and our young families that so that much is like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. So to me, that's one of the things people can do. I don't think people know that. So that's something that's always something that you can be an advocate, like on that, on that end, like letting your lawmakers know that you value the fact that we have that in our state and that we should not ever not have funding for parenting family classes. Um, so that's, that's a, that's for sure a big one and spend in sending people our way. So there in every school district, there's an early child family education program, ECFE program. And so when you do have those, you know, friends or neighbors or whatnot, that just feel like, you know, you can see they're kind of overwhelmed, send them, find that information, even if it isn't in big Lake, wherever it is, be like, there's classes, there's classes for you and your kiddo. Those types of things are important besides, obviously, we're, I mean, we're more than willing to take any, any, any type of donations you, you're willing to give us, of course, but yeah, but just getting the word out there. Um, we also have Family Fun Fest coming up on October 6th, 
five to seven, where if you're a business or an agency and you want to set up your table, your like booth of information in the gym, we have, I mean, last year we had over 150 families come. And so that's another great thing is like send, send businesses and agencies our way that are wanting to support and, um, and, and, and help our local families is really important too. And what is family fun fest? Family Fun Fest. Whoop, whoop. It's a resource fair. It's a resource fair for our family. So we have fun activities set up in the gym and we have, like I said, um, different agencies or businesses come. The thing that we require of them is that they have a activity for families to do at their booth. So there's, there's fun things. Kiddos can dress up. This year is a special year because it is Liberty Elementary's 20 20th year, wow. 20th birthday. So we're having a 20th birthday party for Liberty Elementary. And so the hold on to your hats, the teddy bear band is oh gonna be here. Oh my gosh. What? So yeah. So come hang <laughs> out. And then we have all kinds of like freebies and fun things and info. And everybody leaves with free books and all kinds of all kinds of things. And of course, this year we're getting like birthday cake pops because why wouldn't you i mean all the fun yes. and what time again or what day is that and what time tell everyone again so october 6th so it's a friday night mm -hmm. and it's from five to seven mm -hmm. very cool and that's for any family any family all families very cool Come, everybody very cool yeah and that yeah we just want to make sure every yeah everyone everyone everyone's in, in invited everyone is welcome to um, our ECFE program always. So I know you have the, the mobile classroom coming. Are there any other big hopes and dreams for your program or, or just one thing at a time? Well, no, that for sure is like the biggest to me. I just, I would like to expand out of the, the school. I would love to start doing more like, yes, that mobile, the mobile classroom would be awesome. I also think it would be good to set up classes inside, like, you know, using like those community rooms mm -hmm. in our apartments and in the townhouses and things like that, working more, um, that realm. Um, and then we do have one class that we do with our local library and we do that in the community room at the library and, yeah, doing more of those types of things, I think is, is really, really important for us. So those are my, those are for sure my hopes and dreams that we just keep expanding mm -hmm. and reaching as many families as we can. Cause that's the, the thing, right? It's always tricky to meet the people you want the most are the trickiest to find. That's true. So, yeah. yep. And I'd like to expand our more into like the older kiddos, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That K to second grade, K to third grade type of education too. So, because I mean, a, being a parent is, is, is hard, no matter what age your child is, we all need support. I need to find the, like my child's turning into an adult support parent group, please. Yeah. <laughs> please. Where is that? I need it. So uh -huh. yeah, that'll be your, your next adventure, right? Oh my gosh. If I get through it, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you want our neighbors to know about you or your organization? Um, that there's never, ever any, um, silly questions, call us and ask us. And we, you know, we're open, we're open to help in, in any, in any way we can, can for our young families. If we can't help you and, you know, if we don't have the services here, we really try hard to figure out how to help you find them. So use us as a resource. Also, we can be that call. That's that resource to get you where you need to go. We really try to make sure that we do that for this community. So excellent. You do so much for the community. You're amazing. Uh, can do, yeah. <laughs> do you have a couple minutes to stick around for a couple of imagination library questions? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do All that. right. So um, for those of you do, that don't know, um, Sherman County Area United Way, we have a program called Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. It was started by Dolly Parton and um, in the 1990s, I want to say 95, don't quote me on it. Um, and it was started because when her father passed away, he couldn't read. And she said, 
she knew he was a brilliant man, but imagine what he could have done if he would have learned to read. And we thought it was very important to become an affiliate. So now we have the program. Um, we have been running it. I just, I want to say just over a year now, and it is free books for kiddos under the age of five. So, um, Books are mailed to their house once a month until their the month of their fifth birthday. Um, the only requirement is that um, you live in our service area, and we can put our service area or link to our service area um, in our show notes here. Um, but I wanted to talk to Sarah because in our service area, Big Lake has by far the most children enrolled, and I know that you, Sarah, have a huge part to do with that. So first of all, thank you. And I just want to ask you a few questions because um, I guess not everyone understands the importance of books. And I know that you do and literacy and um, you see it firsthand. So why do you love this program and why do you help us promote it? Oh, I love, I love this program so much. My kiddos, um, we, 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 we were participants in this program when my, my kids were little. And I mean, like you, I think like you said, um, sometimes when people go through this, they, I mean, it is my favorite part about this is it's not income based at all. Anybody can be part, anybody can be part of, anybody can be part of this program. And so it has nothing to do with like how much money you make, how many kids you have, any of that. It's just like an, a gift your kiddo gets in the mail once a month and they get so <laughs> excited about their book. And is it great for those families that, you know, might not be able to afford those books? Absolutely. But is it also great for those families that might not know what quality literature is in, in early childhood? Yeah. Cause I think that's another thing. We, we get so bombarded by so much stuff. Right. And then people telling, or whatever, I should say, whatever advertisements and telling you that you have to, should do this and your kid will be smarter, or you should get this computer program and your child will, you know, yeah. like all of those things they try to sell you on in this and um, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library is not that. Um, they're not trying to sell you anything. <laughs> it is high quality early childhood literature that is de the is developmentally appropriate. So that's kind of fun too, is that the books go up in those stages. So you know that, that birth to one will get the more, you know, infant developmentally mm -hmm. appropriate books. And as they go up those subjects and the words in the books and everything keep going in that developmentally appropriate appropriate um line so that that interest is is kept no matter if your kids you know zero to five and they get different ones too they go on a rotation that's the one thing that i um i learned was that because people would be like well i'm just going to sign up my one kid because we don't want to get the same book but it's a it's on a rotation so yeah every once in a while there might be you know they might get the similar book in there or whatnot but for the most part my kids didn't even get the same um, the same books at the same time. And so, so knowing if you have two kiddos that are birth to five, or if you're really busy and you have three heavens, um, that, <laughs> that, that you will get, you will get different books for, for, for your kiddos too. But yeah, so that's one of the things that when we, um, in early childhood, we talk about a lot, people are so, um, concerned and rightly so you want your kiddos to be ready for kindergarten, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, how do I get my kids ready for kindergarten? And then with that, people get really nervous and all concerned about how do I teach my child to read? How do I teach my child to read? And I really feel like that's one of the things where then people start purchasing those like apps or whatever, you know, computer things and whatnot to try to teach their kids to read. And research shows that one of the most important things that we can do for our kiddos is to read to them, read to them, read to your child, read to them. And so this is like a great opportunity because the book comes right into your mailbox, which friends don't get mail anymore. Right. Little people don't, they don't get mail. You should always, yeah. Send kids mail. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, they get, they get something in the mail and, and then you're reading it to them and you know, you did a great job when 
you've read the book so many times that your three-year-old will take it and they will say, I get to read it. It's my turn. And they can read that book. Right. Yes. I mean, I'm putting it in quotation marks. You can't see me, but I'm saying read as yeah. in they memorized, they memorized those words of those, that book. Right. So we know that that is like, especially during screening, people come in and they're like, what can I do to get my child ready? And we do take your child places, read to them, sing to them, talk to them about the world around them, that enhancement of vocabulary. And that in those books, the, the Dolly Parton imagination library books really are quality mm-hmm. literature. They really are. And so, you know, that if you're reading those to your kiddos, they're getting a lot of that expanded vocabulary and things that they need when they are going to get into school. Cause it is so interesting to me. We want that fast you know, faster is better type of thing. And we know that's not true. We know that's not true. It's way more about comprehension, right? It's way more about knowing, knowing what things are and why things do this. And that's why we all get irritated when our kids go through the why, (laughs) why, why? And then we're like, why do they keep asking that? It's because comprehension is so important. Like if I start reading a book and we are talking about, I don't know, let's say, we're reading a book and it talks about um, they they had a fishing pole and they were reeling in and your child's never seen a fishing pole and never, right? And, you know, they get to school and they're supposed to be doing it. Yeah, it's, it's all the comprehension. It's all like exposing them to things. And those books really do expose them. That's what's amazing about books. Have you, you can go to all kinds of different worlds. And do you... Have you seen a difference in, you know, the families that, that don't have a lot of books on the home and, and the families that do have a lot of books? Cause, um, you know, reading gets a lot of language out there, a lot of words and the more words that are spoken in the home, the better the language is. So have you seen this firsthand? Right. Well, yeah, we know that it is, it is interesting. I mean, they've done, you know, they've done so many studies on, and I don't, that's hard for me because one of the things and I'm not knocking this at all because it is great, but sometimes people get um, really stuck on the number of books. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, um, and then they'll start tallying up. Like I have to do the thousand books or they have to do. And I, I really try to focus on with my families and this, you know, and that's part of studies, studies showing that repetition is so important. And I think that's what doesn't get across as much is that you could get that book, right? Your imagination library book, and you could get that book and you could read that every day for a month and your child's getting something different out of it every single time you're reading. So it's not about like, in order for my child to be ready to ready for school, I have to have, you know, a 500 book library for them. It's about that consistency and how often we're doing it um, and letting them, letting that repetition happen in reading over and over. We do the, we do the big fives of literacy here in ECFE. So we do repeated read alouds okay. and we do repeated read alouds in um, our, our school readiness, our little learners program too, because we know that research has shown that repetition is so important, right? Cause that's where, that's where we start. We start putting like solidifying those things in our brain, we really get them in there. So yeah, you do you and it's a difference between families that take the time to read with their child in a way that they're having conversations about the book, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about just like reading word for word, every word correctly. And we we practice because we do it together in class that we start with those families, some of those families, they'll sit with the book, right? And they start reading the book and their child will interrupt and they'll point and they'll be like, what's that? And the parent goes, shh, I'm reading, you know, and you're like, <laughs> like, okay. The point of reading is not to shush your child and have, so you can finish the page. The point is that they're asking you like, what's that? And how does that work? And oh, my grandma has that. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, they start, they start bringing that context into their own, own world. That's where comprehension happens. And so we practice a lot on that. It's not about who can read the most books, the fastest. 
it's really, it's really finding that quality literature that you can get so many different components out of one book. So that's why I love, that's why I love those books. Cause they're so great. They're so rich. Like they, the illustrations, um, the vocabulary, there's, they're just good. They're just so good, but yes. And yeah. have you seen how yep. in some of them in the front flap, it'll see, it'll be like, okay, you know, the second time you read through the book, like first read through the yep. book and then the second time look for this or, or talk about this, or it has um, some of those talking points. And I think that's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. And that's what we do in class here too. Yeah. That's what I love that they have those prompts for parents, like how to use a book because a lot, I mean, I think there's a lot of parents that did not get, did not get read to, or they got read to in that manner where it was like the job of a child while an adult is reading is for you to be quiet and just sit. And I'm going to read five books before you go to bed in 15 minutes, you know, really our goal is like one book should last you 15 minutes because it takes you so long to get through with all the things your child is talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is true. Cause sometimes, sometimes I'm actually afraid because my, my son being six, he'll ask me questions and I'm like, crap, I don't know the answer to that, (laughs) but I mean, it's good. He's asking the questions. Yeah. I always bring that back though. So anytime, cause six-year-olds are so smart. (sighs) Um, and like, I always bring that back. This is always my, 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 I don't know. Mine is always, you tell me, what do you think? (laughs) And then it gets to the creativity. I like it. I like that. I like that cop out. (laughs) Well, and six-year-olds know everything already. So there's, I don't even know why he's asking you a question. He's asking you a question so he can correct you on the right answer. I guess I didn't realize that all six-year-olds were like that. I just thought it was my kid. (laughs) Uh, Nope. They are all like that. It's a wonderful time of development. Yes. That is too funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, that's why you go to class. Then you learn. I was going to say, I should have been an ECFE. So then I could have had some parents with me being like, hey, you're normal. It's fine. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, though, like your, so our two, three-year-old friends, when they start doing the why, that's genuine. Mm -hmm. Like the why there is like, they actually want to know, you know, and they just like to hear you talk about things. A six-year-old usually is so they can correct you and actually like tell you that you're wrong or that, or that they know more than what you just Um, answered. Yeah. Cause they're six. (laughs) Six. Oh, that's awesome. I know they're funny. They're funny. (laughs) And, um, Someone had a question. What does, what do you think is the biggest impact of imagination library is as an educator? So what do you think the program Mm -hmm. as a whole? I think that it's, um, it's inclusive. I just love that it reaches, it reaches all and every family that wants to participate. That's what I think is amazing. There is nothing, there's, there's nothing, um, there's no judgment at all in any way. You just, this, if you, if you want your child to participate in this program, you can, you know, I just, I think that is, that's the greatest, that's the greatest. And we really try here. Like when I brought it to our families, it was that like, I brought it to them as this is for everyone. Like books are books are for, for everyone. This doesn't have to do with anything besides you being a parent that loves your kiddo and wants to start them out the best way, you know, how, right. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I mean, Tally Parton's like the coolest person in the entire (laughs) world. So Uh, yeah speaking of podcasts watch that one sometime oh, oh she's amazing anyway, i didn't know she had one she doesn't it's about oh. her anyway oh yeah. interesting mm. yeah oh. yeah anyway. well and i was just thinking as you were talking about um inclusivity the books are all inclusive and i think that's pretty cool too because every yeah. every year two of them are in english and spanish so that's pretty cool yes. and then there's all mm-hmm. kinds of different ethnicities there are all kinds of different families there's all kinds of different I mean you name it they're they're sprinkled in and I think that's pretty cool because our kiddos don't know any different you know like what you're talking about mm-hmm. you know with death and things it's all matter of fact you know like mm-hmm. like mommy and daddy don't live in the same house okay you know like mm-hmm. it's it's just matter of fact it's just how it is and and they don't know any different so that's very cool 
Yeah, we only know what we know. It's so interesting, right? Yeah. And especially little people, their worlds are so small. And I think that's the way, like, that is a easy, free way to expand your child's world is honestly through through good quality books, right? And that's and that's what they do. They aren't just random books that get sent to you. They're like research-based. Mm-hmm. This is like developmentally appropriate. And like you said, for for all, for all, um, for all families, yeah. no one is excluded. Oh, that's right. Awesome. Well, well, Sarah, I really just want to thank you so much for um being a part of this podcast. And um, and I think I just lost her, but I still want to thank <laughs> thanks, Sarah. She does such an amazing job in the community and and bringing how, like we were talking about inclusivity to all and bringing things to the kiddos um, where they're at, meeting the families where they're at. And I think that's absolutely incredible. So, um, Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Community United Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Community United Podcast, a production of the Sherburne County Area United Way. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. If you want to know more about who we are and how else we support our local nonprofits, visit our website and subscribe to our mailing list, SherburneUnitedWay.org. Bye for now, neighbors. <laughs>